Happy birthday, Ghostface. Mm-hmm. Now, um, shout to, uh, I know my kids are going to school right now. Uh, shout to my kids, my family. Uh, every couple of months, we have like a big family meeting. And that's when everybody, you know, jumps up in my bed. And we get a chance to really have a conversation about how we feel about everybody else. And sometimes it's good. And sometimes it's bad. Sometimes somebody gets attacked. Sometimes it's, I get attacked. No way. Yeah, well, absolutely. So, you know, we talk about, so Logan, you know, tells his sister how he feels, what he likes, what he doesn't like. They tell me what they feel, what they like, what they don't like, or, and, you know, and vice versa. So it's a really good conversation. I mean, it's, it gets nasty at times. Um, you know, my problems with my son was, you know, he's a boy, so he doesn't like to turn off the lights. And it's funny, as a kid, I never turned off the lights, and I really didn't understand it until I started to pay the bills. And I'm like, everybody lights off! <laughs> you know, so uh, him picking up behind himself. Uh, it's, it's just a lot the way they treat this the younger siblings. It was just it was just a lot. They got at me, of course. Okay. Dad, you sleep too much. All you do is take a nap, and then when you sleep, you pass gas. And, you, and I'm like, you oh. pass gas when you're awake too. What do they? I know. That's about? what I said. I said I do it all the time. What the the problem? <laughs> sleep up. <laughs> okay. So it was a lot of cool. Then you know, my my son was like, you know. It's, it's you know I, you know I love the family but we don't have uh, we don't have bro time like me and you just don't hang out but it's things that you don't really who get. was hanging out with somebody who farts all the time shut up <laughs> so <laughs> it was pretty it was pretty cool and then I, I went to the gym a friend of mine opened up a new gym uh, I hope you didn't fart in there no I did not man in the gym that's so rude people hey. are running breathing heavy and listen, then you smell a fart listen I, I I would like you to hire me for your juice press. And you shart a lot, too. I don't shart anymore. And I, would like, I want you to hire me for your juice press business. Because when I was at the gym, I said, look, I, I understand that you don't have, you know, a juice, any juices in here. I said, I know the right person that can get the juices <laughs> in here. The juices could survive three to five days. You, all you have to do is put it in the they refrigerator. They actually last like three weeks. I mean, I'm um, two months. Oh, I didn't, I didn't yes, know that. Press. I'm a bad salesperson. But I said three to five days. You can order it every five days. It's fresh. It tastes good. You know, all the people that's working out in the gym would, would really love it. It's organic. That's all I told him. I said, no it's organic. Sugar added. There's no sugar added. I said, and it tastes Non-GMO. good. He was like, bet, let's do it. I said, yes. He said, how much is it? I said, I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying to you sell. Yeah, I, I did. I made a sale. Well, they, and you know what's crazy? I was at this amazing event yesterday called Blogger. It's women and they're bloggers and they're food bloggers. It's their food portion. They do a beauty one also. Mm-hmm. And so I spoke at it and we were actually sampling the drink fresh juice there. And it was a very successful uh, situation. It was really nice. There was over 300 women there that are all food bloggers mm-hmm. and in that industry. And they absolutely love the juice. So I, I thought it was an amazing event for me to go to and speak at. This is all a new world to me, like going to these food events and things like that but I just want to say that I appreciate everybody that was out there that showed some support and I got to meet this other woman there she makes my favorite hot sauce it's called Queen Majesty hot sauce Uh so she came up to me to um, say hello because she knows my brother Mm -hmm. and I was like wait I order your stuff from Whole Foods all the time 
So now I got a Queen Majesty plug. Well, we, we ain't go back to how much, what percentage oh. I get for selling your juice now. That's what I'm talking about. I got you. Know. Okay. Let's just say, you know how we say that? I got you. Oh, you got me? That means I ain't getting paid. Damn it, man. <laughs> and I, as I was driving and I was listening to the news, and they were telling me that if you compliment. They told you personally? No, I was listening. And they were saying <laughs> that if you compliment your female coworker, it's like a sign of, of sexual assault. It is? Yeah. And I was like, well, damn. Thank God y'all never compliment me. I was going to compliment you today, but I was like, no, nah, I don't need no sexual assault. On, what? On, my, I don't, on your sweatsuit. Oh, you like my sweatsuit? Nope, because that's sexually assault, so I can't say I like it. That's not, come on now, y'all taking this too far. I, that's what I said. I was like, I can't say her sweatsuit looks You nice. can say I like your sweatsuit. You can't say things like, I like your ass in that sweatsuit. I, I come on, people that. have to know the See, difference. I'm not talking about you, oh. but what I'm saying is, in gen- yes, you can give someone a compliment. Oh, I like your hair. You got your hair braided. It looks nice. That's fine, but you can't say... I ain't saying none of that. I'm just gonna say two shit. You can't talk about someone's body. You can talk about. I their didn't. Clothes. I just said. No, I'm just giving dope. other people advice. Oh, okay. So don't think that you can't compliment someone's sneakers. Oh, those sneakers are dope. That's not sexual assault. Come on, you know the difference, Envy. I ain't messing around. You know around. what? You might not. I ain't. nope, nope. <laughs> Let's get the show cracking. Common will be joining us this morning. Yes, I'm sure he knows the difference. Yeah, we're kicking it with Common. We'll talk about his new book. And, uh, of course, front page news. What are we talking about front page news, yeah? Um, well, we'll talk about all these guns that were seized from a house. I don't know if you saw this, but the amount of guns, more than 1,000 inside of I one house. That. I seen that video. It's crazy. All right, we'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Hey, morning, everybody. It's DJ MV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the God. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get in some front page news. Now, last night in sports, the Bucks eliminate the Celtics 116-91. I the d- Celtics the F out of here. I doubt Kyrie Irving will be back in Boston. I don't know what Kyrie's going to do, but I do know Paul Pierce got to feel like a damn fool because after game one, Paul Pierce said, and I quote, he, I think it's over. <laughs> like, well, come on, in a seven-game series? All right. Well, they're saying that he might be going to the Nets. He might be going to the Knicks. So we'll definitely see. Also, the Warriors beat the Rockets 104-99. But Kevin Durant got injured. They don't know what the injury is. They don't know how bad it is. They don't know how long he's going to be out. But we'll see what happens. Hey, they, they're fine. They have a guy named Steph Curry who went crazy in the fourth quarter yesterday and uh, won that game for them. Also, if I was a New York Knicks fan, I wouldn't want uh, Kyrie Irving. Why not? I don't want I don't want Kimball Walker. Kimball Walker's from New York. He's an option. He's a very 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 solid. Kyrie's from Jersey though. Very, very solid twenty and ten guy. Kimball don't get hurt like Kyrie. That's true. You know what I'm saying? If you getting if KD's coming here next year and y'all getting Zion Williamson like y'all say, y'all should want Kimball Walker to compliment. I like Kimball. Yeah, I definitely like Kimball. Now what else are we talking about, Yee? Well, more than one thousand guns were seized from someone's house in L.A. It was in uh, Homeby Hills. That's the neighborhood in the upscale neighborhood in Los Angeles. They said there was a tip that somebody was conducting illegal firearms transactions, and it was over 1,000 guns that were seized. I don't That's know if you guys crazy. saw the picture, I've seen it. I did. but there were all those guns outside on blankets. It's a ridiculous amount of guns. They said that there was one man who was arrested inside the house for that crime of selling, possessing, or transporting illegal assault weapons. They also said the owner hasn't lived there in years, and right now the owner is in Europe. They don't know if that person they arrested was a squatter or if he was allowed to be living in the home. That would have made an amazing mixtape cover like 15 years ago. Yeah, all I mean, the guns. It's, it's corny now, but back 15 years ago, amazing mixtape cover. How were they buying these guns? Did anybody know? Was it legally bought or? I doubt it, Envy. Yeah, I don't think that that was legal. I highly doubt it. <laughs> yeah, go ahead and that's buy a, a thousand that's guns. That's a lot of guns, though. For, <laughs> yeah, yeah, a, a, for illegal, a, a thousand illegal That's a lot. Yeah, I doubt it. Mm. All right, and uh, there were two men shot outside of SOBs. That's a club in New York City. It's a pretty famous club that a lot of artists have. <laughs> it's almost right around the corner. Yeah, when it's right near us. Um, in the middle of the night, 1.40 in the morning. 
Damn. Yeah, two people were shot. So one man was shot in the chest and another sh- was shot in the thigh. They said these uh, victims are being somewhat uncooperative. It turns out that they're, they are saying that it was a dispute and that they did know the person who shot them. The Both men are in stable condition and expected uh, to be okay. Now, you're a brave man to be shooting in the middle of Tribeca, Soho. What area? That's like West Soho. Village. West Soho. Village, yeah. Soho. You know, you're a brave man to be shooting in the middle of the West Village like that because when they get your ass, they're going to burn you. Yeah, they're still looking for him. <laughs> and at least one person was killed in two other is injured in a shooting at a bar in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. That was inside the mall. It was the Blue... You know, I love the Blue Martini. Every mm-hmm. time I go to Florida, I love going to Blue Martini. But that's where that actually happened when a person was killed. And let's talk about that school shooting we were telling you about in Denver at the STEM School Highlands Ranch. Mm-hmm. 18-year-old Kendra Castillo is a hero, according to students who were witnesses. They said the shooter came into the classroom while the class was watching The Princess Bride. It was part of a lesson they were uh, doing on analyzing comedy. He went over, talked to the teacher, walked over to a second classroom door opened it and then uh, returned to the door and closed it and they said then he pulled out a gun told us not to move and that's when the shooting started Kendrick Castillo who's 18 years old charged at him and tried to subdue him and that's when everybody had a chance to actually run take cover and hide and three other students did rush him but unfortunately Kendrick Castillo lost his life saving the lives of others mm. man God bless that young man rest in peace that's college or high school high school why were they teaching an analyzing comedy class in high school um, they just learn. It's a STEM school. All right. Well, that's, that's front page yeah, that's even news. Yeah. More crazy. Why are they teaching Technology, them? maybe. I don't know. Analyzing comedy class. And they, man. All right. Well, get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you're upset, you need to vent, hit us up right now. Maybe you had a bad night, horrible morning, or maybe you just want to spread some positivity. 800-585-1051. Get it off your chest. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Wake up with your ass. This is your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're mad or blessed, we want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? Allie. Hey, Allie, get it off your chest, mama. Good morning, DJ Envy. Good morning, Charlemagne. Good morning, Angelique. Hey, Allie. I want to spread some positivity this morning. Um, I want to thank Charlemagne also for talking about anxiety and depression. I'm Puerto Rican. I'm part of the minority community. I just want to let those know who are feeling worthless, they're feeling less, that they are put on this earth for a purpose and they need to keep pushing. They are loved and there are people who will support them no matter what. That's right. You got to tell people that you love them, you value value them and you appreciate them because you don't know what they may be going through. They may need that pick-me-up. Yeah, because tomorrow's not promised, but I love you guys. Thank you so much. Thank love you, you back, Mama. too. Hello, who's this? It's Dre. Get it off your chest, bro. Hey, man, I just want to say, like, I work, I work for a delivery company, right? And people don't be tipping. Uh, For real, maybe your service is trash. What type of delivery? Like I deliver, um, I deliver appliances and stuff. Like people Mm -hmm. don't deliver. Like me and my man, we the best people out here. Who told you that? Norfolk, Virginia. What the the surveys tell us that? Because after we leave, five ten minutes after we leave, the surveys call back, and they come back awesome, but they don't tip. Mm. For real. So what should people tip the delivery people when they deliver that stuff? I'm just curious. What, what I you mean, want? anything is okay. Five, ten dollars. I'm just saying to show the appreciation. Oh, when we walking out the door, they giving us nineteen thousand thank yous, and you're so awesome. You're so great. What's wrong with that? But no, wait, uh, but, is de- but is but um, is delivery fees included? Maybe people think that delivery fee is what they paid for. Like if no, you order you an appliance. appliance mm-hmm. No, when you get appliance, they come free. Okay. Yeah. Now they they should be tipping. Now hold on, Evie. Hmm? 
Didn't a woman call up here and complain about your ass one time, talking about you didn't tip after she you helped you get fired. her stuff to the car, and you got her fired? You call, she called oh, you, you an you've F-boy. Had a change of heart. If you've had a change of heart, fine. That was actually nine years ago. So you've had a change of heart. And, we they, were, and they didn't deliver anything to my ago. house. It was, a, it was a different uh, a different scenario. They helped you walk to the car. They, they, took they your... did not help me walk to the car. They were taking, taking the shopping carts, and I was there. And they ha- helped oh, me put no, one no. thing into the car. And they wanted to That's tip. Crazy. No. But when they do deliver things to my house or <laughs> no. they do deliver my cars, I definitely tip. I they, bet you guys do tip. Thank you, brother. Hey, thank you guys for answering the phone, you know. We ain't hey, got no choice. It's our job, wife. sir. Hey, hey, shout out to my wife, Kanisha Spit. I love her so much. My okay. kids, Aaron, Amir, and Amari. You should tip my her. Man, Nick, who ride with me every day. What's up, Nick? All right, bro. You saw all them. All right, all right. <laughs> all right, hey, so should, tip your appliance delivery guys, please. You, you Don't just tip, tell them they're doing an awesome job. You should tip the garbage men sanitation. You should tip them. I don't ever see my uh, sanitation de- uh, men. Yeah, post- I've never seen my garbage people. I've never seen yeah. them. They I come- tip them. The post office people, you should tip. When, I never go to the post office. UPS, you should tip all those people when they deliver your mail. Yeah, absolutely. Leave I'm going to be honest with you, I ain't never tip none of those people you just... I ain't never tip my garbage men. No, I've never I tipped the FedEx people. I always tip. I tip them every year for Christmas. No, I rarely see... I mean, I rarely see them. I don't I don't think... I've never seen one of them that's consistent enough that I would say, oh, yeah, that's my man. I don't really? see... Them. Yeah, I don't see them. That's they drop crazy. the ball and leave. Oh, all right, well. We put our garbage on the curb, and then sometime they pick it up while I'm at work. Mm. I'll make sure I... <laughs> all right, well, get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need everybody. to vent, hit us up now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. This is your time to get it off your chest, whether you're mad or blessed. So you better have the same energy. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? Hi, morning. Good Good morning. Good morning. Get it off your chest, mama. I'm just in a good mood. Um, I stepped into 2019. Positive vibes. New man in my life. New job, new career. Okay, okay. All right. right. Big mood. So I'm feeling good. Congratulations on all that. Thank you. Um, Shout out to uh, my sister, Rachel, her husband, kids, my friend, Devin, um, my ex-supervisor, Michelle Springer. Why are you you saluting your ex-supervisor? Why? (laughs) Oh, oh, y'all used to sleep with each other? I'm so nervous that I even got through. (laughs) Why are you bigging up your ex-supervisor? Because I miss her. Oh, oh y'all used to nice. sleep together, huh? Job. Y'all used to sleep together? Um, some people did sleep together there at that job, but Damn. her, it was not, you know, it's oh. not us. Oh, okay, okay. Well, right, she mama. was a great person. Well, have a good one, Mama. Have a blessed day. Right. Hello, who's this? Yo, I just want to say uh, good morning. Uh, NB, is that you? Yes. <laughs> it's me. And he, that's you, right? Yes, that's me. Charlamagne there? Yes, I'm here. He's here now. Yo, good morning. Yo, so crazy. Yeah, what's so crazy? What you been smoking on this morning, bro? What grade is it? Uh, I don't know. Uh, good morning, though, bro. That's all I want to say. Yeah, right. yeah, you high as hell right now, man. Wake and bake. I feel you. Goodness gracious. All right, man. Hello, who's this? Yo, DJ Grumpy, Big Chocolate, the Toe Sucker. Hey, How are you, everybody? Big Chocolate, the Toe he Sucker, just comes man. in like yeah. a tornado. <laughs> I got something to do for the moms. Check it out. Different voice. This is the Black Panther from the Avengers. Oh God, God bless my mother and all the mothers on Mother's Day. Please bring some macaroni and cheese to Wakanda. 
for me and my lions. How do you like that, Charlamagne? Did you Trash. think about that? Did you really think about that? Trash. Did, did you, you should audition for the, um, what's the next movie you can audition for? Your That's whole existence hey, yeah, is trash. the next Black Panther, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. Nah. You go, man. Chocolate Panther. No. Big Chocolate Panther. There you go, baby. There you go. What do you think, DJ Grumpy? <laughs> Here's your answer. There's your answer. I guess I'm a little grumpy this morning. Junior, good morning. DJ MV, Angela Lee, Charlamagne God, you hey. guys called the Breakfast Club. It's Angela morning. Yee, you jerk, but go ahead. Hey. <laughs> there you, you go. Gotta listen. You gotta uh, listen. I said Yee. You said Lee, but go ahead, Junior. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, I'm down in Florida, uh, originally from Detroit. And I want to send a big shout out to all of my Epsilon System Solutions team down okay. here in Jacksonville, Florida. And I just got finished listening to a commercial with uh, the whole team talking about Mother's Day and uh, DJ Envy talking about, you know, getting flowers and everything for his mom. If we love our mother so much, why do we have to wait till one day of the year to say, okay, I want to express my love to our, for my mother? You can well, do it all year well, round. Well, I do it well all we year don't. Long. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, your mama might be the only person that you really do show love to on a consistent basis. Most people definitely show their mother that they love them often. I talked to my mom yesterday because I'm taking her on a vacation, but it's not going to happen on Mother's Day. And my dad said, what about me? Damn. Right. I'm, I'm just saying, so why do <laughs> feel on one day when society says, hey, this is the day you're supposed to show love for your mother. Hey, hey. I mean, the same thing as Valentine's Day when you show love to the person that you're dating or that you're with or married to. It's, you know, it's the same thing. It's the same. I love you. I saw you on the uh, the show with Jermaine Dupree. I was like, there's my girl right there. Uh, right. The rap game. I was like, oh my God, there she is. But yes. what I'm saying to you now is if you do this all year, like my wife. My wife hey, bro, bro, bro. Hey, I get what you're saying, but and shut the hell up. Yeah, don't hey, get, your, don't get why, your girl a mom nothing. Why, why you want to be the Grinch who stole Mother's Day? We don't celebrate Valentine's Day. You know why? Who said anything about Valentine's Day? No, I was just saying that people celebrate that, and you should show the person you're with love all year round. You a mean one, Mr. Exactly. Grinch. So but there's nothing wrong with that. It's a, I show love for my wife. They're not going to do it. It's I a commercial love. holiday. Well, you, if your wife is not with you Valentine's Day, she's with somebody else, bro. Have a good no, day, Mr. Grinch. She wasn't with me. I just said we don't celebrate it. Well, well I'm sending my mom some flowers. I'm taking her on vacation, and I'm letting her know about it. It's just a holiday. Some people just like being extra appreciated on one day. I can't believe he hates his mom so much. All right. <laughs> well, get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, you can hit us up at any time. Now, we got rumors on the way, ye? Yes, let's talk about the babies here. Everyone's been talking about this. I know y'all haven't. Y'all don't care. But for some reason, everybody's very excited about this royal baby. Okay. All right. We'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. All right. Morning, everybody. It's DJ MV, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast What'd Club. You what you say? say? <laughs> you got to rewind it to catch it. <laughs> so if you don't have the rewind button on your radio, I'm sorry. Mm. Okay. All right, well, let's We'll play it again for you guys <laughs> yeah. here in the next hour. Yeah, absolutely. Let's get to the rumors. Let's talk to the AI go. This is the Rumor Report with Angela Yee. Rumor has it. On the Breakfast Club. So listen up. No, 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 no. Well, yesterday we played this triggered freestyle from Janae Aiko for you. If you need a recap, here's what we played. Damn, I'm about to burn this bitch down. Think I need to lie down. Cause I'm not trying to wild out now. But right now, don't know what I'm capable of. Might f around and go crazy on cuz. Might f around after pay me in blood. 
This ain't the way that you want it Might catch a case in this bitch Don't let me catch you face to face in this bitch Trying my hardest not to disrespect you After what you did, man, what you expected You not a Janae Aiko fan? Um. Yeah, she cool. Uh, oh, I'm not. A, I mean, I'm gonna say I'm not. I'm not a fan, but she cool. He yawning like that. I know he yawned during because it's goddamn six fifty-five in the morning. <laughs> what you talking about? In the middle of the song. <laughs> all right. Well, a lot of people were talking about it. She was actually trending all day yesterday because of this triggered freestyle, and she explained. Because clearly she's talking about Big Sean. She said, Triggered was a moment, a moment that for me has passed. It is new to you because you're just now hearing it. But for me, it's something I moved on from the moment I expressed it. It's not a diss song. It's a moment of talking-ish out of frustration and passion. It was a moment of exaggerated expression when I was feeling lost in a week. No one is to be blamed or bashed for how I was feeling in that moment. I am in control of my feelings. This is how I paint. This is me yelling and throwing paint at a canvas. How did they know that was about Big Sean? Because that's who she used to date. The last person she, she was, was dating? With, and... You know, they went through a breakup, and she was very frustrated, and she even had tweeted about it uh, during that. So she, she tweeted, I love you beyond measure. Even though I get big mad and you trigger the F out of me, you make me feel, and I appreciate that. And that she wrote toward Big Sean. So This generation takes everything literal, boy. I, I mean, she wrote Trigger, and then the song is called Triggered right after that. Oh. So if you write that in a tweet to Big Sean, and that's your last boyfriend, and then you I, put out the I, Trigger I freestyle. I get it, but I just, this generation thinks sense. every song is about somebody. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> so if you write a song about a breakup and then you had just broken up with somebody, chances are. People are going to And you're an artist. All right, now, Lori Lachlan, she does not think that she's going to end up going to jail. She's been more and more confident because of that college admissions cheating scandal. They believe they will be acquitted if they go to trial, and that's for allegedly paying $500,000 to bribe their daughter's way into the University of Southern California. Now, on the other side of things, there's a TV series already in the works based on the recent college admissions scandal. It's going to be a one-hour limited <laughs> Yeah, fast. about that and they're also optioning the rights to the upcoming book Accepted <laughs> are, are they going to get paid for this are Lori Lachlan them getting paid for this or somebody well, else they're not involved in it somebody else is doing it so Accepted is a book that's being written by Wall Street Journal reporters Melissa Korn and Jen Levitz they're writing the book what about and the then TV there's show? also a TV show and they're not involved in this TV show at all so. alright we say that until we see the credits and we say executive producer Aunt Becky would you be mad if she was executive producer on it nah. nope alright Tyra Banks She's back, and she's on the cover of Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Issue. She returned to modeling for that and looks amazing. And when they do the side-by-side of Tyra Banks, when she did her cover previously back in 1996, that's the first cover she had, look at how she looks now. Pretty much the same. She looks better now. Drop on the clues bonds for Tyra Banks, damn it. Looks amazing. It's nothing like when you you age like wine Mm -hmm. instead of milk, boy. It's a different ballgame. And a lot of women in this generation are aging like wine. Previous generations aged like milk. But, I mean, it's a lot of different factors. You know, people have more mindfulness about health and wellness now. Because you say, oh, she's 45. She don't look 45. What the hell is 45 supposed to look like? All right. Now, R. Kelly is very fortunate for him that he is now going to get to go to court. He's getting a do-over for that whole sexual abuse lawsuit. Remember, he was served papers Mm -hmm. while he was in prison. And the argument was that he didn't know what the papers said because he can't read. But now they are giving him another chance. For what? Not be able to read again? Well, now he knows. Did he get a tutor? They're going to explain it to him. They're going to read it to him in court. So they vacated the default judgment, so now he can actually fight the lawsuit. So all that means is it hasn't been vacated. He can now fight the lawsuit. I mean, they did vacate that default judgment. No more default judgment. He's not going to have to pay automatically. He can still go fight it now. I don't know what the hell's going on. We can tell. Yeah, we can tell. And he also paid $62,000 in back child support. So now What did he get that money from? 
I don't know. I can't tell you what he mm. has going on in his personal life where this money just shows up. But okay. yes. Now, Diana Ross, she was upset about TSA saying that she was violated when she was getting patted down. She tweeted, it's not what was done, but how. I'm feeling violated. I still feel her hands between my legs, front and back, saying to me it's her job. Wow. Really mixed emotions. I always like to see the good things, but not feeling good right now. She complained on social media. Now, originally, they were going to be doing a whole probe into what happened, but now they've closed that. And they said it was really nothing. They reviewed surveillance footage. They interviewed the officers that were involved with her screening. And they said they followed the proper protocol. So. That is protocol. If, if it's a random search and they have to search, they, they have to do it. it. It happened to me before. I'm sure it happened to you guys before as much yes, as we it travel. Has. It happens. It's something that they do. They're trying to stop terrorism and, and people from blowing up planes and things like that. So they do it. They're absolutely positive. Yeah, I definitely it. set off the alarm just now when I was going to Dominican Republic. But I think I might have had some pins in my hair and mm-hmm. things like that. So. TSA is very aggressive, though. I mean, I think we all can. It does feel that. a little invasive because they yes. also ask you, do you want to go to a back room to get searched? Because they do. Because they, they know they're about to violate you. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But like, they, no. but, but they have to. They have to check in those areas that are, you know, are your personal parts. I'm not gonna lie. We did go through TSA one time, and it was these dudes, and they was laughing, and uh, one of the dudes um, said said to me, he said, "Boy, they about to get waxed." And when Wax got through that thing, there was a gay TSA agent, and he was being very, very, very aggressive and and very fondly. Well, they got and, to. They got to check, you know, and make sure they no, do. They do. Why would he say to me they about to get him? It is just some. It does feel crazy. That's all. Mm. But anyway, it that like is your. Was, it looked like the dude was trying to get some cheap feels to me. The Wax Rumor like report. It. I'm Angela Yee. I don't know. All right. Now, when we come back, we got front page news. What are we talking about? Yes, we are going to be talking about guns confiscated. Over one thousand guns. One man arrested so far. Another man in Europe. What went down? All right. We'll get into that when we come back. Keep it locked. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Hey, yo! What? Drop on the clues bombs for Ghostface Killer, my favorite MC of all time. This is Born Day today, damn it. We said that already. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I didn't. Happy Born Day to Ghostface Killer, okay? Happy birthday to the Ghostface Killer. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's get in some front page news. Now, the Bucks eliminate the Celtics last night, 116.91. And I ain't going front. Paul Pierce might have to come to the front of the congregation because I thought that was the stupidest prediction in the world after game one when the Celtics beat them 112 to 90, beat the Bucks, and he said it may be over. No, he didn't say maybe. He said, I think it's over. But he was wrong. Now, the Golden State Warriors beat the Rockets last night, 104-99, but Kevin Durant was injured. We're not sure uh, how serious the injury is, how many games he's going to be out, but we'll definitely see. They'll be fine. They have a superstar named uh, Steph Curry. And Klay Thompson, they both lit it up last night. Yeah, and they got another brother named Draymond Green. And Mm -hmm. I don't know if y'all realize or not, but those guys won championships before Kevin Durant came there. Went to the finals twice before Kevin Durant came there. I think they'll be A-OK, guys. All right, what else are we talking about, Yee? By the way, congratulations to Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. They've revealed the name of their new little baby, Archie Harrison Mountbatten Windsor. What? What? <laughs> Archie Harrison Mountbatten Windsor. What is That's a Mountbatten? Well, apparently Mountbatten Windsor is given to the male descendants in line to the throne. That's the, uh, I guess, the name that they're given. Okay. But, I don't know. And they said the name Archie. They just liked the name. There was no special meaning. So that's why. And it's not Archie. Archie. It's not Archibald. They want to make sure you guys know the baby is not Archibald. His name is really just So Archie. what would he be? A prince? The little baby? Prince Archie? Prince Archie. Yeah, King something like Archie. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind They're of a duke and duchess. So what is that? I don't know. I don't know. Don't give me. I don't know nothing about them people. God bless him. Okay. Did he have I just a know everybody was talking about it and everybody was like going crazy over the baby when I was in Dominican Republic. I was like, oh my God, she had the baby. So. Okay. Mm. All right, now uh, let's talk about. Um, mm-hmm. Just mess this all up. The guns. Yes. Oh, the guns. 
So they did seize over a thousand guns, and this happened at a very luxurious neighborhood in LA. It's called Homeby Hills. And what they are saying is that someone was suspected of manufacturing and selling illegal firearms. It was an anonymous tip. And that's why they showed up to the house. One man was arrested in the house. They don't know if he was a squatter or if he was allowed to be staying there. And they also said the person who is the owner hasn't lived there in years and is in Europe. So we don't know if he's involved in this whole scheme right now. But they said it's right near the Playboy Mansion. And it's also close to the estate where Michael Jackson passed away. And uh, back in the day, that picture of all those guns would have made a mean mixtape cover. About 15 years ago? Man. Somebody might do that now. Yeah, that'd be so corny. Now, there was a lot of controversy over this, and I don't know if you guys think this is a big deal, but uh, Danica Patrick and Aaron Rodgers were sitting courtside at the Game 5 showdown between the Celtics and the Milwaukee Bucks that we were just talking about. And cameras caught uh, Danica Patrick trying to give money for a drink. One of the fans, I guess, sitting behind them bought her... Sorry. (laughs) And Aaron Rodgers a drink, and I guess people were upset that Aaron Rodgers allowed that to happen. Allow somebody else to buy a his, guy to buy his wife a drink. Yeah, or, you know, I don't know what was going down, but who was the guy? He was just a random person that was sitting behind them. And when the drinks came, she tried to turn around and hand him the money for the drinks. Like, oh no, it's okay. And that's fine. The fan wouldn't take the cash, so people are saying, "Oh my God, I can't believe that he would let somebody else buy his woman a drink." Oh my God! Oh, I, oh. <laughs> I hate this era, man. I just don't understand. So let me no ask you: more, So yo. if you were out with your wife and somebody sent her a drink, would that be okay? That's not what happened. It's context to this whole situation. Yeah, I would people have a problem with that. But that's not what happened. People, but I'm saying, if you were sitting courtside and people, then somebody people, was a fan, people bought them drinks. She tried to pay for it. He said, "Nah, it's cool. I do that. I do. I literally do that all the time." Like, mm-hmm. the, just people in general. Yeah, what's Guys, the context? Women. Did he try to buy both of them drinks, or was it just one of those things, I'm just buying your wife Well, they just you? saw her turning around. He might have said, nah, I'm good. And, and, you know, he was like, I want to buy them two drinks. He said, nah, I'm good, and he bought a drink. Well, ain't nothing wrong with that. Yeah, so But if I he just know. sent over a drink to his wife, now nah, that's a problem. And Aaron Rodgers didn't do anything. He didn't look like he was upset, but she was turning around trying to give the money and da-da-da-da-da. People been went in, crazy over that. You ain't never been in a restaurant, you with your boyfriend, and somebody sent a drink over for you? Somebody sent a whole bottle. That's what I'm saying. Like, come on. That's what you and your boyfriend know, correct? Yeah. No, but they know Yee. They're like, oh, that's Angela Yee. They yeah, I'm going to send them a bottle, not just sending Yee a drink. No, they not just sending Yee a bottle. They it was for, the whole, it was for no all of us, and it was game. just like, oh, and the uh, the waitress was like, oh, this, you know, somebody over there wanted to uh, send this over to you guys. That's, that's they, They're fussing over nothing. That's, mm-hmm. that's a big to-do about nothing. Yes. Yeah, so. Did I say that correctly? A big to-do Yeah, it's a big about to-do. About nothing. <laughs> but for go. some reason, everyone was talking about it, so. <laughs> all right. What about you? I mean, you wouldn't be mad, right? Somebody sent my wife a drink. And you were there too, both of y'all. It depends how it came. Pause. If it was, ooh. see? Ooh. Okay. Ooh. See, now if somebody. Like somewhere else. See, you know what? That's front page news. I'm not messing with you guys, man. See, you always go. You always go too far. Now I'm up. I was yawning a little bit. Now I'm up. You know what? Hey. That's front page news. Thank you, Yee. Now, when we come back, Common will be joining us. We'll kick it with Common, so don't move. Yes, Common has a new book out called um, Let Love Have the Last Word. Yes. Or the last laugh. No, last word. L- word. Yes. Yes. Love has the last... L- <laughs> no, ha- where's the book, somebody? Yeah, shut up, man. <laughs> I had it until you said something. Let no, love have the last word. Last, yes. last Let laugh. love have the last word. Is All that right. the name of it? Are you I, sure? Yes. Goodness gracious. And I, I don't lo- think that's it. What kind of show I, is this? It's not. And I love, uh, I love what kind Let of- love have the last word. Yes. I just said that. <laughs> Should have let me have the last word. Then you said laugh. I did not. You man, did say listen. laugh. Happy birthday to Ghostface. That's right. <laughs> we but, said that already. But I like I like what Common's on right now. He's on a he's on a, 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 a he's talking about a lot of mindfulness and uh, mental wellness and just you know doing a lot of healing. And I, I appreciate that. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's get into it. All right. We'll do that next. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. It's DJ MV, Angela Yee, Charlamagne Tha Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We got a special guest in the building. Yes, sir. He has an Oscar, Golden Globe, Emmy, and Grammy. Our brother coming. Peace. What up, y'all? Peace, Welcome. King. How you? Peace, King. I'm great, man. God is great. Absolutely. Good got- to see you, brother. Yeah, I'm great. I'm glad glad to see you, bro. Glad to see all y'all. Man. You got let love have the last word. Yes, sir. You what came in book? here with love for all of us too this morning. <laughs> sure did. That's the book, man. Yeah. So I'm I'm excited about let love have the last word. What's the deeper meaning of that title? It really comes from like all the stuff that's going on in the world. A lot of things been feeling heavy. A lot of people, you know, a lot of conversations about attacks that's going on in the world, politics, and um, I just felt like, man, the best thing we can do to overcome. A lot of this anxiety and depression is, is man, put love out there. Not love like in a just mushy, all love, lovey-dovey way, but it's like love in action, like, man. So I, I want to put positive energy out there in, in a world where time seems so dark. Well, forgiveness is part of that. Yes, sir. So so are you a forgiving person? I believe I am. I work towards it for sure. I, I strive to practice it. And that's what the, this whole book for me is like, it's just me telling my stories and, and, and a journey for what I had to do to practice and what I do to practice is not always, I'm not always succeeding at it, but mm-hmm. I'm striving towards it. I went to see you at the Riverside Church on Monday mm-hmm. and you told this story about why you say love all the time. And I was like, damn, Common ain't lying because that was just I know Common. Any interview he always ends it with love. Yeah. Uh, love. Like yeah. You always end it with that, but tell yeah. him why you do that. One of my homies I grew up with named Dart, like he from the South Side with me. He was like, he a raw dude. Like he was just a hustler. He lived a street life. He a good brother, though. And when we was in high school, he always was like, man, yo, we need to start saying love, man. And this the dude, you know, Dark, honestly, like, he been shot five times, but he was still on some, like, yo, we gonna start saying love, man. And it just kind of stuck with me because it was, like, another way of of just, you know, extending it to the, to whoever. My homies, mm-hmm. to strangers, I mean, all right, love. Get off the phone, wherever. I just... That's, that's that's my mantra. Black men don't do that to each other enough. We don't tell each other we love each other, we value each other, we appreciate each other. That's why everybody's so tough. Yeah. You know, and then we end up hurting each other because everybody's so angry. I feel like, man, we need that because we've been taught, like, man, yo, it's weak to go to therapy. It's weak yep. to just be like, yo, man, love, bro, I love you. You know what? You know, I, I messed up here. Just acknowledge certain things and just, you know, caring to another, to another black man. It's like... Those things is like we missing parts of our life by not acknowledging those aspects. And I feel like we can be well-rounded men by by acknowledging those things. That vulnerability is is important, man. Cause if you stay like, yo, I'm I'm a I'm just like hard the whole time, it's like, oh, I don't feel anything, man. At some point, it's gonna come out the wrong way. But that's why it's so easy for us to hurt each other. Yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah I mean, so I've been going to like point blank, I've been going to like visit a lot of prisons in California. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people I've talked to that's just been incarcerated, brothers doing life without parole. Man, so many times when you get to the root of their story, they was like, man, I just was hurt when I was... In fact, this one cat, I remember his, his name was Bobby Gons. He broke down his whole stories to the point where he was like, man, I got sexually abused when I was eight. I didn't know how to express that. So once I punched somebody out, that was my way of, of letting, you know, letting my voice be heard in a way because... Nobody else was going to hear me, and I was afraid to talk about those things. And when he did that, he said after that, that was his way of just expressing it. And uh, eventually, you know, he ended up murdering somebody because he thought that was a way to handle it, violence. For him to understand the root of that issue Mm -hmm. is like, for me, that's where 
I look at my life or look at our lives and say, man, we can we can get this extracted at the root, like if we really deal with the real, mm-hmm. the real issues and know how to work through it. That's like when I when I met them, a lot of the brothers and sisters incarcerated, they were like transformed. I went in there and they was like, some of the brothers was like, man, they would they would introduce themselves and be like, yeah, I, I killed this brother, Joe Wilson, and they would say the name. And I, I asked them, man, why you why you say the name? And they was like, man, we gotta we gotta acknowledge them as human beings. Right. At the time when I did that act, I didn't even look at that person as a human being. Wow. It's like it's for me to humanize myself and that person. We need their families to know that we you know we look at them as human beings. And I think you know our culture or the way we grew up. I don't, I'm not blaming it on us, but we got we inherited a lot of pain and suffering and and things we put up like walls we put up. Just from being here as black men, is is our ancestors had had to suffer that, through that, and that's been passed down. So some of the things we got to shake off, we got to peel it off, man. It's and it take a lot of work. So. But what allowed you to to, to open up? Because we seen you opened up in this book, and you talked about being molested as a child. Yeah. What gave you that courage to to talk about that? Honestly, I didn't even realize that happened in my life till like I was doing a movie, and and I, the movie was about sexual abuse, and I was discussing it with with the actress. And we was talking about it. I was like, wait. I just went to that moment and was like, man, that that happened to me. So when it when it came to to the surface, it wasn't like I was talking about it with everybody. But as I was writing this book, you know what my heart was like, I wanna tell my stories so that other people will be alright with telling their stories and feel like, man, even if it's not the exact same story, but be okay with being like, man, I've been through some stuff. Mm-hmm. And I felt like, man, I gotta, I gotta go out there and do it because Man, the only way for people to heal is to talk about it. And I also wanted to offer tools. You know, it wasn't like I was in the book. I'm not like, this is how you get through it. I'm like, man, I'm still working on this, getting right. through it. I just recognize. Did you forgive the person that molested you? And did you have that conversation with him or did the person pass? I haven't had that conversation with him, but I definitely forgave from afar. Like, cause I'm like, you know, this is this happened in my life. I don't, you know, I don't know what happened to that person to make that person want to do that. But I was like, man, I can't carry that. Like what I was just saying about carrying it. And then, you know, it was deep because I had to talk with my mother about it before the book came out because she ain't never know about it. Mm. They never do. Yeah, they never do. You know? <laughs> like, and it's something you don't want to, you know, you didn't want to tell them as you were, when you were shorty. But I was talking to her and she was telling me stories about her. Mm. I was like, man, this is a cycle that, that like, I want to be one of the ones that stop it. Right. And you have a daughter, too, and you reference your daughter a lot in the book. Yeah. So just imagine your daughter goes through something and doesn't want to mention it to you. Yeah. Did you have a conversation with her, too, before the book? I did, out? yeah. We had a, a lot of conversations about it because um, I actually played her a song. Cause I, I, I have an um, album that's inspired by the book, and I played her a song that ca- it's called Memories of Home that, deal with, that deals with the subject. Because I hadn't told her, and she just started, like, crying. I sat down and talked to her about it. You know, she was like, I didn't even know that happened to you. Why didn't you tell me about about it? And I was like, you know, I'm just starting to come to grips with, with sharing that. I really had to allow that to surface myself, you know. She was like, man, that's courageous. She just said this to me last night. Like, yo, I'm really proud of you. All right, we got more with coming. When we come back, don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We're still kicking with Common. All these stories are good, though, and the reason I say that is it opens things up for me in conversations to my daughter. Yeah. Like, every time, I know Charlemagne has three daughters. I have three daughters. 
I'm overprotective. Like, did anybody touch you? Are you okay? Yeah. Is, did somebody say, don't tell daddy? Like, I'm over it because I hear all these stories and I want to make sure my kids are good, you know? Yeah, and I, I feel like these are the discussions that we didn't have as kids and right. we want our kids to, to know. I'm glad as parents we could be like, hey, if somebody touch you, 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 you can always come to me. Don't ever, that's not your fault. You know, like, mm -hmm. and, and we can learn, like, we could discuss with each other the best ways to, to have those conversations, you right. know, and get the information from whatever sources. Because a lot of, you know, a lot of times I feel like in our communities we haven't had the, the resources or haven't access, used access to the resources to get, like, like professional help. Right. Mm -hmm. But I do, I love that you, you know, provide that space for... Mm -hmm. For our kids and that's what i this conversation is like man i want kids to be like man i, I gotta go tell somebody mm -hmm. yeah but you're opening up a new door because I, I was molested when i was eight but it was by a woman you know what i mean i don't, I don't think growing up i'd have been secure enough to yeah. tell that story if it was done at the yeah. hands of another man so what yeah. gave you the security at what point in your life did you say i'm secure enough to say you know what this is what happened to me at this point i think it's just faith in, in who i am faith in, in god and my spirituality it's something that I feel like the attacks that or whatever comes from the outside, at some point, if I'm strong enough in the inside to and know who I am, then I'm then I'm good. Even when I played the song for, for some of my homies, they was looking like, man, Rosh, I ain't know that happened to you. You know, like, and I was feeling a little like, okay. And the first thing they did was was joked a little bit, and then they kind of saw it was a real subject and was like, all right, I got to chill. So I think, you know, it's been my faith in, in, in myself and God and being like, Man, sometimes leaders got to step out there. Simple as that. And some guys think that when they're young, like Charlamagne at first might have been like, oh, I liked it right. until this. But you didn't. Like, you were a little kid, so you don't really know later on in life yeah. what it is that that long-lasting impact is. You might think this grown woman doing something to you. Because sometimes people like to act like that's something that's fly that happens, yeah. like a teacher yeah. and a student. And yeah. it's really not. Yeah, but that's just no. the way the world is positioned. But that's why I say it's, it's different when it's a guy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, how, how did that affect you growing up? Like I said, for many, many years, I tucked it away. I, f I tried to forget it. And it wasn't even like I tried to forget it. It was just forgotten mm -hmm. in many ways. So I love women. So I, that didn't affect me in any way as far as that goes. But, you know, I'm not homophobic either. I'm like, yo, I respect anybody who's who's on that level. But it didn't, it didn't like, detour what I, who I love and who I care about. I think more than anything, I just felt violated that, you know, as a kid, Mm -hmm. I wasn't making a choice to be in any type of activity with anybody. You do talk about going to therapy and finding out that you were addicted to love. Yes. So love was sex. Uh, it, it was, so explain what both. being addicted to love <laughs> <laughs> is. Love was sex. Hey, it, was, it, was, it was more love addiction than, than, than the sex thing. I mean, the sex thing is obviously a, a wonderful thing, but to, to be honest, the pattern I found myself in and what, what was called love addiction, my therapist broke it down, was... That feeling of being like, oh, I'm in love, and and this that honeymoon period that mm -hmm. people call it. I was addicted to that feeling. When that feeling would go away, and the real part of relationships came, I was like, okay, do I want this or not? Like, I wasn't ready to do the he work. Was out. I cared for the person, but when things got tough and it's time to work through stuff, I wasn't willing to work through it, and I would make up, make excuses like, oh man. That's interfering with my work. <laughs> relationships ain't good for me. I don't make my best albums when I'm in a relationship. You know oh, okay. You one of those, you one of those, it's not you, it's me type. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Exactly, exactly. You know. So I was, you know, I was in going through those cycles and and man, thank God I went to therapy because right. 
I was able to identify that what that pattern was and why I was feeling that way. So now, you know, in relationships, I can be, this is how I really feel in the, in the present. This, I ain't gonna bring up the old past things that happened because some of that old past stuff was just showing up without me even knowing. Mm -hmm. It was like, okay, if I've been in a relationship before that was like really needy and heavy and that didn't feel good, then I also expect that the next relationship gonna be like that, but that ain't necessarily how it has to be. Well, you got some love advice from Michelle Obama. She helped you out. Oh man, yeah. Well, I, I talked to her. How does that happen? At the White House. I, I talked to her, yeah, a couple <laughs> times about like relationships, cause you know what happens is she like, comment, what's up? You know, you you, you how old are you? Forty? You forty two? Whatever. You know, this, at the time. Damn, she was like, you with that. She damn. was like, how <laughs> do you? I said, how, yo, what's going on? Why aren't you? And and I'm giving her my reasons, and she like, nah, man. It felt on. like you didn't agree with her advice I, about I, compromising. But what was her advice? Well, I got the quote right. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Is. She has dinner. given me a lot of wisdom. One great thing that she told me as I was going through this journey was that you have to understand you're not going to get anybody that's perfect because you're not perfect. So understand that there's some certain things that you will compromise in choosing that partner. But as long as the core values that are most important to you, that person you know marks off on that list, then you're good. I agree with that advice, but it, it, mm -hmm. it takes me time to work to get mm -hmm. to live that <laughs> advice. You mm -hmm. know, like, um, but it did help me because it's something for me to always go back to and be like, yo, because... I think I was looking for, if something going wrong, I'm like, oh man, she ain't gonna last this long. We ain't gonna last this long because of this. So I, I could start making excuses or reasons why it ain't gonna work. And I think being able to say, you know what? This person may not have this right now, but that's okay. Cause we, you know, we can work through it at some point. That's what I feel like I'm coming to the understanding of. I wanna see, cause you said, but I'm beginning to understand that compromising myself to become inauthentic, to live and exist as something other than who I am, isn't love and since a compromise is filled with dangers and pitfalls it leads to resentment it leads to unhappiness it leads eventually to that feeling of losing oneself yeah well I mean I definitely don't believe in losing losing mm -hmm. myself that's where I failed in relationships you know like where where I've like gone too far thinking I'm like okay I'm I'm, do, I'm being the right partner I'm being the right man in this relationship and I, but I'm giving away right? some of the things of, my, of myself so I don't believe you don't compromise yourself but you can compromise to like be able to agree to do certain things, you know. Like, what's of, some compromises you've made? I want specific like, examples. Like, a sp specific example would be like, okay, <laughs> with the with the, with your family, you want to go spend this this holiday? And I'm like, well, I got to spend this time with my family, too. Mm -hmm. So I'll be like, I'm going to spend this time with my family and then make sure I got time with your family, too. So that's, that's some of the compromises I've had since I've been talking to, <laughs> to Michelle Obama. <laughs> Does Barack Obama know about these goddamn relationship conversations you having with his wife? <laughs> yeah, man, I mean, I think Barack cool. He's probably looking at me like, go ahead, comment, get, you know, get some wisdom because you need to be chilling with a lady. What year was this? This was like, it's, that, that was like three, two, three years ago. It started. So he was still in the White House? Yeah, he definitely was in the White House when, we, when she first started talking to me about it. He was in, he was in the White House. I would have hit you with a little light audit, you know what I'm saying? Had secret service. A little light audit, just check them out. Just, just to make sure, you know what I'm saying? Just to make yeah. sure. Yeah. <laughs> but then she been, you know, she been telling me other stuff, you know, so be patient, like, and, like, take your time and those things. So, he, man, but Barack, you know, he, he, a, he a real dude, you know. She had to be having those conversations with you because she had some, some women she wanted to hook you up with. Like, those conversations just don't come out the blue. Well, she didn't, she didn't like, come to the table like, yo, all right, well, I got somebody for you. Uh, <laughs> she just was like, yo. And then she, I, she probably did think of somebody at one point, but I wasn't around enough for her to be like, okay, come on. All right, let's get into a common mini mix comments here. Let's go. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. 
never knew a la 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 a la like this. Gotta be something for me to write this. Queen, I ain't seen you in a minute. Wrote this letter and finally decided to send it. Signed, sealed, delivered for us to grow together. Love has no limit. Let's been a slow forever. I know your heart is weathered by what studs did to you. I ain't gonna saw them cause I probably did it too. Because of you feelings I handle with care. Some recognize your life but they can't handle the glare. You know I ain't the type to walk around with matching shirts. A relationship is effort. I will match your work. I want to be the one to make you happiest. It hurts you the most. They say the end is near. It's important that we're close to the most high. Regardless of what happened on him, let's rely. Turn it up. Yes, yes, y'all. And you don't stop. To the beat, y'all. And you don't stop. Yes, yes, y'all. And you don't stop. Come in, mini mix. Come on, come I met on. this girl when I was come 10 years old. And what I love most, she had so much soul. She was old school, and I was just a shorty never knew. Throughout my life, she would be there for me or the regular. Not a church girl, she was secular. Not about the money, those stuff was my checkers. DJ, 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 walked in the court, her knees buckle. Saying for a man to survive, he need hustle. Seen and been through struggle a whole life. Made a transition from being his to his wife. Stifling. Night had been the ATF bust in. Her daddy was a hustler, so she loved him. Looked at the jury, how can they judge him? She screamed. That was a common mini mix. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with common. Yee. How difficult was the realization about your daughter and her feeling like you weren't there enough for her when she was um, growing up? That was tough for me, man, because I thought I was doing a good job. You know, I, providing. You, like, yeah, you providing and, and you you taking those moments to to really do show love and you like, um, okay, we're going to do these things that you like to do. And you think that spending time is really doing it, but so it's still some of those other moments that she needed, and just you know the fact when she said it, it was man, it was it, I was hurt, I was I was mad because some of the things she was saying to me was like, man, I can't believe you think I I would do that. So I got defensive, but then at some point I was just like, you know what, I need to listen to her because this is how she feel. What was she saying? What, what, what she some was, of the things she, she said you were doing? She was basically like how when she was younger, I didn't fight enough with. With her mother to to like make sure that she was spending time with me. Mm. It, at one point, she was talking about how I um, didn't like want to pay for her to take the SAT test, and I was like, Amoye, you know better. Like you like <laughs> you know how much I paid for. Her. So ultimately, I was just like talking to her, telling her, you should you you know me and you know that how much I love you. So it's no way that I would not do those things. Right. So I was it was. Man, it was just some of those things you think as a daughter growing up, she probably just looked and was thinking like, man, this my dad ain't doing what I want. And man, one of the things that really struck me was she was like, man, it hurt me when I saw you out with your girlfriend's kids. Mm. And I was like, yeah, I was like, yeeks. How do you answer that one? I was like, man, I, I, you know, I was just trying to move forward with my <laughs> life. You know, it wasn't like I was like, I didn't love you any less, but mm -hmm. if somebody I love has kids we might be out and and man that was some real you know real yeah. conversations but the thing is what i feel good about is me me and amoya we having these real conversations right now. so it's better in our relationship like the fact that we talked about all this she actually feels like more confident and stronger and, and i know that my love is what's gonna help her be 
the best woman she could be in, right. in relationships. Is part of you seeking self-healing because you want to be the type of man you want to see your daughter with? For sure. I want to be, I want to be, um, I, try, I set an example for my daughter all the time. I try to do it without, like, telling her, yo, this is the type of man you want. I'm just like, uh, open the door for her. She be frustrated, like, man, I got to wait for you to open the door. I'm like, yeah, you do. And, like, just do <laughs> regular things that I think mm -hmm. I want, the way I want to see a man treat her, I just do it in action. Because that's such a tough question, man, when people say, are you the kind of man that you would want your daughters to be with? Man, that's, man, like I told my daughter, yo, you dating this guy, he young, man. He he might, you know, that's that's where he is Absolutely. right now. He ain't going to make all the best choices. He might want to be with some other girls. This is what it is. I was that young man, of course, and into, a, into an adult age. And like I said, beyond just wanting to be with other women, even just being able to to love in a, in a mature and a, in a complete way, it took me years to get there. Right? Yes. You know, being that man is, is, is a process. But I think one of the greatest things I've got is being able to communicate those things now mm -hmm. instead of being like having something harboring up in me and not being able to say it to, to a woman I'm in a relationship with is like, I got to be able to say like, yo, I need this time for this. I mean, this is better to express your feelings, period. Like, they tell us, even in school, when you grew up as a grade school, they were like, oh, think positive and be positive. I mean, I be feeling positive yeah. at this moment, so I should be able to express that. I be talking to, to some of the shorties and seeing what, hearing what they going through. I'm mm -hmm. like, man, you need some, you need somebody to talk to, mm -hmm. man. Like, there's no way you could get through your day if you seen your cousin shot, right. your, your, your pops ain't around, just going through all that stuff, and you, you're supposed to be regular and be normal and be good for the day, it's like, man, that that's what these kids start, start self-medicating. They start smoking, yeah. they start drinking, they start hanging around gangs because they feel like that's their brothers and usually goes down the wrong way. They start yeah. redistributing that pain. That's the greatest source of why cats is out here hurting each other, killing each other is because they in pain. So I believe if we go treat that pain as much as as much as we reshaping and re reconfiguring the community, we got to create jobs, we got to give mental health support, we got to give like different ways of expressing like they need to know about cinematography. They need to know about like what it is to be a script writer or mm -hmm. whatever. You know, I'm just mentioning things in the entertainment. Absolutely. Social, they need to put social emotional learning in the schools. Yes. You know, I'm actually opening up a school called AIM. It's in Chicago. It's called Arts in Motion. And one of, one of the things that we um, are doing is, is opening in September. One of the things that we're doing is like we're going to have that social and emotional intelligence like those type of courses where they could just talk things out, have that type of therapy um, space, yoga space, you know, have spaces where they do know about learning about cinematography, learning about script writing, learning about costume design, because so many of the kids don't get the exposure. Like for me, right. I was like, man, if, if I ain't have my mother saying, man, I'm putting you in this computer class, I'm putting mm -hmm. you, you playing bitty basketball. Man, I don't know where my life would be. Is it charter school? I gotta go to that. Yeah, it's a charter school. Yeah, I know. You, I know you gotta get out of here. I gotta ask you one last question because a lot of things you say resonate with me in such a way because it's the same thing that I'm going through right now. But you talk about your father, yes, and you say the sins of the father represent a cycle that you are destined to break or repeat one or the other, and your work remains incomplete. So, which cycles are you currently fighting to break in your parenting? Yeah, my parents. The abandonment cycle is one of them because man, I love my dad. My dad was cool we man we, we got along really good but I didn't know that I was had a void something was missing because when I was one him and my mother split up and I didn't have that relationship with him like a presence you know with him being there and 
you know, the fact that my daughter is like kind of saying some of the same things that your presence wasn't, you weren't physically there. It's like, okay, how can I stop the cycle? Now I got to be able to talk to her about this and tell her. And hopefully she understands reasons why. So that um, there's no reason why really. I mean, she might understand from a different perspective and, and know that I'm hearing her. And, and her being heard, I think that could stop the hurt. Like we was talking about distributing the pain. It's like that pain I had from my father, I didn't even know I had that pain, but it was there. Well, Amoye can acknowledge that she has that pain and heal that pain. So when she go in her relationship, she'll be a whole woman. That's really my way of, of, of stopping it um, and just recognizing those things. And, and, and when I do find myself like feeling a certain way about something my father did or whatever, which I've worked for, to forgive my father. My father passed in 2014, but we was definitely in a great space. But even then, post that, I had to still work on forgiving and, and knowing those things. But with that, I just feel like I carry a, a better happiness for myself. And I'm able to give that to the people I love. Well, we I love these conversations, man. Yeah, absolutely. These are the conversations we're supposed to be having, man. Thank Therapy, you, man. self-love, healing. I, yeah. I appreciate you, coming for having these conversations. Well, man. let love have the last word. It's out right now, so make sure you pick it up. And thank you for joining us, brother. Man, thank y'all for having me. Man. I love thank you, black man. I love you, brother. Yes, love sir. You, brother. All right, Bless. it's coming. Uh, it's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. It's about time. What's going on? Yo, yo. Rumor report. Rumor report. This is the Rumor Report. Talk to him. With Angela Yee. Breakfast Club. Well, we've been talking about this Diddy cover story because Mother's Day is coming up this Sunday and he's on the May issue. And he did an interview with Dream Hampton and it's a very raw and unedited conversation. And we have a piece of that conversation exclusively for you right now. And it's very difficult to hear because clearly Diddy's still going through a lot having lost Kim Porter. The kids are going through a lot with Kim Porter having passed. And here's what happened when he discusses black mothers. His Mother's Day is going to hurt. We're definitely going to celebrate, you know, all the mothers. We're not, we're not going to get in the way of that. But, you know, honestly, anybody that's lost a mother, lost a soulmate, it takes time. It takes time. You know, I don't, you know... They say time heals all wounds. When it comes to your mother or mothers, I don't think that's the case. You know? I mean, I think we have the strongest beings. Like, if it comes to like a category of who's the strongest beings on the face of the earth, it would have to be black mothers. I don't think anybody can ever understand how hard it is to be, you know, to be a black mother. Whew. Man, God bless Diddy, man. Um, tears are how our heart speaks when our lips can't describe how much we've been hurt. And there's no need to front and pretend to be tough at a time like this. Let those tears go. And I hope that Diddy and the kids are getting some type of grief counseling, some type of therapy. I hope all the kids are protecting their energy and really investing in their mental wealth because he's right. I don't think time heals all wounds with situations like this. It may hurt less, but it will always hurt. And honestly, that's fine. We human. We allowed to feel that. Well, we get to see the family together a lot now, too. And he's been, like he said in the article, just basically the mom for Mother's Day and all of that with the with the girls, mm -hmm. you know, with his sons as well. A lot of family time. Shout out to Diddy, man. All right, now, Aisha Curry, we discussed her comments during Red Table Talk. If you guys remember, she had this to say about her insecurities. Something that really bothers me and, like, honestly has given me a sense of a little <clears throat> bit of an insecurity is the fact that, yeah, like, there are all these women, like, throwing themselves. But me, like, the past 10 years, like, I don't have any of that. This sounds 
weird, but like male attention. And so then you like I begin to internalize it. it and I'm like, you're, is something wrong with you're me? Not, like, you're not looking. What? Because like, I don't what? want it, but yeah. it'd be nice to know that like someone's looking. And I appreciate her for being honest about it because a lot of people feel like, man, I just want somebody to say I look nice and it changes your whole day sometimes when somebody's like, oh, you look great today. What about and your sometimes husband? that's a great compliment. Your husband saying that don't make you feel good? That's well, obviously you guys are married, so she knows that and I guess she feels like he gets a lot of attention. But I don't think there's anything wrong with her expressing how she really feels because a lot of people were critical of her like she was saying she doesn't care about her husband's feelings. That's how but of it course came she, off. But of course she does, but she was just being honest that she feels insecure. And sometimes that's hard for people to admit. Now she posted, I've never been one to cage my feelings and emotions to any capacity. I am human. It brings me pure joy to speak my mind, be vulnerable at times, and to know myself inside and out. Seeing as how it's Mental Health Awareness Month, I really want to take the time to encourage everyone to speak their truth, regardless of perception, fitting into a mold, or offending someone because it's your truth and that's okay. Listen, God bless Aisha Curry. Still don't agree with what she said. When you depend on people to build you up, they will have the same power to break you down. Stop investing in the opinions of other people so much, especially when you got a man that loves you, values, and appreciates you. Who cares what other men think? Yeah, I mean, you don't say, have to agree with, with what she says, all, she's but it's with how, husband all the time. But it's how she really says, feels. Yeah. It's not like I agree with you, but it's more like I understand well, what that's she's how saying. She feels. I get what she's saying. She's with her husband all the time. Her husband is supposed to say she looks beautiful, but no, well, she's not. Yes, he is. That's that's that right there is taking your significant other for granted. It's not. Well, then she also very much so. No, well, let me not. tell you what she said. She also goes on to say, if what I'm not afraid to say out loud about being a 30-year-old mama of three helps another woman like me feel like they're not the alone and not the only one with an insecurity because we all have them, don't play, then that makes all of this hoopla worth it. She still wants to be fly and sexy. She had three children. She's a mom. She still wants to be fly, look fly, and she still Who wants to... Who says she's not? And why does she need the outside of opinions of others to feel that way? If what I say is your husband doesn't matter anymore, if what I think she is your husband doesn't, doesn't matter, matter anymore... She never said what her husband said point? doesn't matter, though. That's she never the, said that it doesn't the, matter. That should be the end-all, be-all, period. She just wants to feel like, oh, people find me attractive. Absolutely. In general. What's who, wrong with who, that? Who cares what people think? She does, clearly. And that's silly. And she's being honest about her insecurity. She's not saying, I need you to validate how I feel. She's and, just and, saying, and, this is how I really feel. I can't help it. And that's exactly what it is, an insecurity. Sometimes people can't help how they feel. We would love to all not be insecure, but the reality is people do have insecurities. I'm Angela Yee, and that's your rumor report. All right, Charlamagne, who are you giving that donkey to? Uh, we need Paul Pierce to come to the front of the congregation. Uh, this one is from Milwaukee, and Milwaukee strictly, all right? <laughs> Tell Paul Pierce we'd like to have a word with him, please. All right, we'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. I was born a donkey. It's the donkey of the day. <laughs> Charlamagne the devil? Possibly. <laughs> the Breakfast Club. Yes, donkey of the day for Thursday, May 9th goes to my man, the legendary future NBA Hall of Famer Paul Pierce. Now listen, I love predictions. Uh, we all make them. That is the foundation of a lot of different debates and lively discussions in our culture. Someone throws a wild prediction out there, and then everyone goes back and forth depending on if people agree or disagree. Some people will tell you, never make predictions, especially about the future. But what fun would that be? F that. Let your testicles hang, all right? Throw something against the wall and see if it sticks. If you are correct in your prediction, then you are a prophet of sorts, okay? You get to look at people and say, I told you so, you know what I mean? Especially if the situation goes down exactly how you said it would. And even if you're wrong, that's fine too, depending how close the actual outcome came to your said prediction. 
And that's why we are here today giving Paul Pierce the credit he deserves for being stupid because Paul Pierce made what has turned out to be an extremely stupid prediction. All right? See, Paul Pierce was on ESPN. And after game one of the Eastern Conference semifinals, which the Boston Celtics won 112-90, a 22-point blowout, Paul Pierce got on ESPN and made this bold prediction. As a team, I don't know where Milwaukee goes from here. Because <laughs> what are you I, whoa, 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 whoa. So listen, is this over? I think it's over. This series is over. Yeah, they one lost. game? You just sat there and said that they could win an NBA championship. Yeah, I did say that. But, but one game. I think styles make fights in boxing. <laughs> we know the style of both teams before the series started. Yeah, but it just seemed like Milwaukee was a way better team throughout the regular season. But when I watch this, if Giannis doesn't have a monster game and somebody else besides him doesn't step up, Boston is just going to out-talent Paul Pierce, after game one of the NBA Eastern Conference semifinals, ladies and gentlemen, uh, after the Celtics beat the Bucks by 22 points, you heard him just say he declared the series was over. Well, last night the series did come to an end. Uh, let's hear what the outcome was. So the Bucks on the way to advance to the Eastern Conference Finals for the first time since 2001, the Bucks went at 116-91. Dropping the clues mouth for the Milwaukee Bucks. All right. Uh, game five, they won the series four games to one, meaning after that game one loss to the Celtics, the Bucks didn't lose no more. Now, here's the thing. During the regular season, the Bucks won 60 games. 60 games. Number one seed in the East. The Greek freak, Giannis, last name I can't pronounce, is an MVP candidate, one of the most unstoppable players in the league. They have another all-star in Chris Middleton. They got Eric Bledsoe, Brooke Lopez. The Bucks have six players, six players, averaging double figures in points for the regular season. I'm saying all that to say they got a squad squad. All right, a team team. There's no reason to say in a seven-game series after game one that this team in particular was done. All right, uh, I love Milwaukee. Salute to everyone who listens to us on 100.7 Jams in Milwaukee. I think everyone in Milwaukee who can hear my voice needs to go to at PaulPierce34 on Twitter and leave nothing but dear emojis in his comments because he was loud and wrong, not once but twice. Oh, Paul doubled and tripled down. Now, now Paul could have been drunk when he initially said after game one it was over, but he doubled down on the jump on ESPN, and he seemed to be sober here. Let's listen. I mean, they may win a game, maybe two, but I just look at the talent <laughs> disparity on these two ball clubs. Look at our faces. See, it's so easy, kind of. It's easier to scout the Bucks than it is the Celtics. You know the driving force for the Bucks. Of course, you know Celtics have a driving force in Kyrie, but they have so many other guys that can step up. Now, you slowed down Greek Freak, and you took him away for the most part, and they lose by 20. Some dog here today just saw themselves. Uh, please give Paul Pierce the sweet sounds of the Hamiltons. Oh, now you are the donkey mm. of the day. You are the donkey of the day. Uh, everybody in Milwaukee, please go have a pity party in Paul Pierce's mentions. His Twitter is Paul Pierce 34 Leave nothing but dear emojis all in his comments all day long. Okay? Have a blessed day, Paul Pierce. All right. That's the donkey of the day. Now, up next is Ask Yee, 800-585-1051. If you need advice, relationship advice, or any type of advice, you can call Yee now. The phone lines are wide open. The number again is 800-585-1051. Hit us up right now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. It's time for Ask Yee. Hello, who's this? Buenos dias, soy Jorge. 
Hey, hola, Jorge. Hola, Jorge. ¿Cómo está usted? Uh, muy bien. I'm your biggest fan, though. What's your question though, for Angela Yee? Oh, stop it, Envy. That's terrible. What's up, girl? What's up, Charlamagne? Uh, I got my baby mama. She keep DMing me. Mm-hmm. Me too. She doesn't have your phone number? She do, but I guess she just like Messenger. Mm-hmm. And uh, she usually don't even text me out the blue like that, but she always like, what are you doing? And then she'll cut me short. I don't know what she wants. To be honest, I give her money mm-hmm. and I take care of her, but I don't know if she's jealous. She's trying to get back with me. Well, what do you want, Jorge? Me, I mean, I want everything, but to be honest, uh, I, I can't see it with her. That's why I don't really reply her back like that. Okay, so but, then it doesn't I mean, it doesn't matter what she wants. What matters is what you want. I mean, true. So true. if you don't want to be with her, don't be with her. It don't matter if she wants to be with you or you don't can't figure out what's her motives. Or that none of that matters if that's not who you want to be with. All right. Well, can I just shout out my Instagram is Domigo underscore. Oh my god. And uh, sliding them DMs, you know, he'll answer them. I seen that drink champs yesterday. I love me some YouTube. Uh, it was probably like three years ago. Getting <laughs> envy was on there talking about some eating booty. Oh, yes, and we were talking about eating booty. Y'all kill me, man. I love the Breakfast Club. All right. I feel like sometimes y'all throw shade at me. At you? We don't even know you. You might on Twitter. Man, shut up. Okay, Jorge. Thank you. We he appreciate right. that you. That was a little shade. That was a little shade, Charlamagne. That was a little shade. It's the audacity of these man. Why are you throwing shade at him? All right, take care. All right, Jorge. Bye. Hasta la vista. Hasta luego. Ask ye 800-585-1051. If you need relationship advice, hit it now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlamagne Tha God. We are The Breakfast Club. Now, Yee, we're in the middle of Ask Yee. What line you want to go to? Um, let's do Makita on line nine. Makita, good morning. Hey, how y'all? I'm good. Um, so, hey, everybody. Okay, so, Yee, I want to ask. Um, so, I pretty much, I was in a relationship, and then I got pregnant. And when I got pregnant, as I had my baby, everything pretty much just went left. Like, I was kind of being, like, a little abused, and... What's a little abused? Um, so, I have been, like, kid before in my face. Um, but only like once we get in like a real strong argument and he just don't know how to control his temper. Okay. Uh, but if we Makita, don't we, downplay what happened to you. You weren't a little abused. You were abused. Okay. Okay. So, Makita. <laughs> I have a daughter with him and I don't want to take my daughter out of his life. Mm-hmm. And when I went over his house to pick my daughter up, and he had a girl there, mm. and it made me feel like I wanted him back. So I kind of tried, but it was still negative and just negative energy. You know, I want to be positive and right. and feel loved and everything. And I guess just like, what am I supposed to? What do I do now? Like, how do I get over these feelings? Or Makita. Baby, yeah. listen, first of all, it's okay for you to have these feelings. It's okay that you were jealous that he had another woman at the house. It's okay that you feel a way about it. You're a human being, and that's fine. But I would say you should be thankful that you are not with this man anymore, and I would say run and keep it moving. And just because y'all are not together doesn't mean he can't be a father and that he's not going to be in your daughter's life. He can still do those things, but you don't want to raise your daughter around somebody that's abusive to you, that you're making excuses for 
that I think that right now you should be so happy that you're not with him anymore and that the I know that it takes a long time because only time can heal those wounds that you're feeling. Right. But it's okay for you to mourn the death of a relationship. It's over. And then what if, like, I don't, I'd be telling him, like, I don't want him, I don't want my child around certain um, people that he has around them mm-hmm. because they just are enemies to me or just don't like me or whatever. And he still feel like pretty much just forget what I say. Like, there's no respect. So here's the thing. Do you feel like your daughter's in harm, in harm's way? No. No. Okay, so it's going to be, it sounds like this is an emotional experience where you don't want your child around people who you don't like and you want him right. to respect that, but that's a hard thing for you to enforce. And if you feel like your daughter is safe right, and she's okay and that he's doing a good job as a father, you yourself are going to have to deal with those because you can't really tell him who to be around, you know, and all those things. I think it's a different question if it's a safety issue. But if you right. feel like your daughter is safe and being treated well, that's the top priority. Okay. Well, thank you. You definitely helped me clear my mind and just know which way to go. Makita, I can't wait till you find somebody who loves you and values you the way that you deserve to be valued in your relationship. And I think that sometimes certain things are a blessing. Like anytime you think I want him back, I want to get back with him, just remember how abusive he was and remember that he has other girls that he's dealing with and don't go back and backslide because it's going to take you even longer to get out of that hole. Right. You halfway out of it now. Keep going. Okay. Thank you. Okay, Makita, we love you. Love y'all too. Thank y'all. Listen to y'all every morning. So, all right. Thank you, Mama. Inspire me. Thank you. Bye. All right. Well, let's go to another line. Hello. Who's this? Hey, this is Lando from Virginia. What's up, bro? What's your question for you? Uh, I'm about to go to jail and do uh, three years, and you know, my girlfriend she says she gonna rock with me, whatever. But we had infidelities before. I caught her texting people and stuff. She says she gonna rock with me, whatever through the bed, but. I don't, know if I, I don't know if I should go to jail with a clear mind or, you know, just try to hold it down with her. What do you think? Um, being that she's already had infidelity issues while you were home and not locked up and you've caught her texting and doing other things, I would say I wouldn't want you to be stressed out in jail thinking that your girl is going to hold you down. Right. That's what I was saying. Too. I told her the same thing, you know. Great if she does, but you have to be realistic with yourself. You know, you are about to go away. You're going to be gone for three years. She's going to have a lot of freedom. And imagine every day you're trying to call her, wondering what she's doing. You know, you might have to just, in reality, either say, okay, I'm going to just give her this pass in my mind and know that whatever might be happening might happen and I have to be prepared for the fact that she's not going to do this bid with me. Or you have to just let her know, look, I don't even expect you to do that. Yeah, true, true. I guess I might just break it off. But I appreciate it, you. All right, no problem. Good luck to you in jail. Thank you. <laughs> Trying to keep it real. Good luck in jail. Yeah. All right. Good luck to you in jail. <laughs> Think you need a little more than luck. Jeez. All right. That's Ask Eat. 800-585-1051. Now you got rumors on the way? Yes, let's talk about Steve Harvey. People are upset over these comments that he made about rich people don't sleep. We'll tell you what he said. All right, we'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. This is the Rumor Report with Angela Yee on The Breakfast Club. Well, people were upset about some comments that Steve Harvey made. Now he was talking about rich people and what their habits are. Here's what he said. Success is not a comfortable procedure. So you got to get comfortable being uncomfortable if you ever want to be successful. All of you have extraordinary capabilities. You have to decide if you are willing to do the things to put you in that category. Rich people don't sleep eight hours a day. 
That's a third of your life. It ain't but 24 hours in a day. You can't live in L.A. and wake up at 8 o'clock in the morning. It's 11 o'clock on the East Coast. The stock market been open two hours. They already making decisions about your life and your ass was sleep. <laughs> I actually think it's the opposite. I think when you get to a certain position in life, you sleep more because you know you have to in order to maintain what you built. And I think sleep is such an important part of self-care. Like, regular sleep is very important. Like I Now, during the week, I rarely get eight hours of sleep a night, but I attempt to. Yeah, I don't think what yeah. he said lied. I don't know why people are upset. He's absolutely positive. Well, no, he's saying that rich people True. don't sleep eight hours a day. Like, that means you're irresponsible and not trying to get it I mean, if you sleep eight hours a day. But the truth is... I don't take is, it like that. I take it as the grind. Like, you know, when we all had our, our journey here... I know I didn't sleep eight hours a day on my journey here. Now I'm starting to get to, to sleep because he said I'm already in a great position, but I definitely didn't. About your life and your ass was sleep. In other words, he's trying to say the less sleep you get, the more successful you are because you should not be sleep because you'll miss something that's going I on. Mean, we're, we're, I mean, like yeah, we're all, we're all lying to ourselves if we say that. Like that's that. why I said I think it's the opposite because on the grind, on the journey, you ain't get no sleep. Hell I think no. the main thing, I think it was no. irresponsible because you should encourage people to get more sleep and don't make me feel like, well, I'm not successful because I sleep eight hours a night. That I think, is he, true. I think he was speaking the truth, though. I think he said on his important. grind, this is what he did. You know, he lived in the cars. He drove car to car. car um, I was going to say car show. Comedy club to comedy club. He didn't get much sleep. I know I didn't get much sleep. And, and no disrespect, but a lot of the DJs that got a lot of sleep, they still back home with their mama. And like, they that's fat. the truth. Yeah, but people die from sleep deprivation. <laughs> people die from sleep deprivation. They suffer more from obesity. There's a lot of diseases that are linked to sleep deprivation. Listen, They've proven that sleep is more important than probably anything when I it comes to your I, health. I absolutely agree. I think that you should get as much sleep as possible, but we're lying to ourselves if we say that our culture did not fuel a lot of that. Now, I said a long time ago, I never sleep because sleep is the cousin of death. Yeah, it's like about, 25 think years of, ago. Think about team, no <laughs> sleep. You know what I'm saying? Like, all of these, like, if you sleep, you sleep okay. when you Die, hustlers don't sleep. Like it's been a lot of uh, negative st- uh, stigma around. But let's be let's be responsible about what we say and not it's tell just, people that you're not rich truth, if you though. sleep eight hours a day. It's the truth. You I should encourage it. you should encourage people to try to get eight hours of sleep. I wish I could. That's I think not how that would I got. Be amazing. That's not how I got to the spot by sleeping. I'm not gonna sit here and lie. I grinded my ass off so I can sleep now. But I grinded. There was times I slept up here. I took naps, two hour naps, and I worked my ass off. But that's because you weren't rich, right? I wasn't. But okay, now so I'm that's not, why he says rich people don't sleep eight hours a day. He didn't say people trying to be rich. You ever got a little grind in your sleep? No, but there was one time there was I had a, a better pen. There was some blood on it, and I couldn't figure out how, where that blood came from. Anyway, just, wow, that's crazy. Just think about <laughs> just think about people who have to work multiple jobs, who have kids to take care of, and can't sleep eight hours a day. You know what he should have did? He shouldn't have generalized. He shouldn't have said rich people. He should have yeah. said me. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? He should have generalized. That's what he should have did. Okay, so now let's talk about Little Wayne. According to reports, he and Cortez, his longtime manager, have parted ways. Really? Yes. They said he reportedly parted ways with him prior to the release of the Carter Five back in September, even though they're childhood friends and everything. They said the reason and motivation was allegedly, supposedly, greed. They said that uh, Cortez is the one that convinced him to fire his longtime lawyer, Ron Sweeney. Uh, due to the belief that his company was attempting to collect more of Drake's royalties than he was owed. And after that, they said Cortez conspired with Mac to drive a wedge between Lil Wayne and Sweeney by making false and misleading statements. 
So I don't know what's going on over there in that camp. I didn't even know that happened. Uh, shout that to Cortez. Mm-hmm. All right, now let's talk about that guy we told you about that's on Jeopardy. He's the second longest running champion. He's still winning? Yes. He has over 22 consecutive wins. Goodness gracious. And cheating. he revealed that he had dreams of working in an MLB front office when he was young. He made that known last week. And now teams are showing interest in him. Uh, Oakland A's executive vice president of baseball operations said, my first thought when I saw him was we have to get this guy in baseball. The Red Sox president and CEO said, absolutely, yes, we put a huge premium on analytical abilities, both on the baseball side and business side, without question, when we interview young professionals coming out of college, that skill set is hugely important. So, looks like he might have a job. 22 times, and he's not cheating? No. Wow, congratulations to him, man. That's amazing. All right, now Charlemagne did a conversation with Schoolboy Q. It's called Crash Talk, a conversation with Leonard. And it's on YouTube. That's what it's called? <laughs> a conversation with Leonard? Leonard, see the God, McKelvey. <laughs> I like just Leonard, sounds good. Leonard. I like Leonard, too. But here Leonard. is uh, what happened in that interview. They did discuss Mac Miller. To this day, I just don't I don't understand how I can't call my no more. Like, uh, and it's so, like, losing a friend to game banging is way different from losing a friend that's, like, an innocent little, like, little kid that's just super pure. Like. You remember your last conversation with him? Yeah, bro, it was on FaceTime. He was shooting a video, and, and he was talking, and he was acting weird. And I'm just like, what's up with you, bro? Like, he like, um, he like, who do I got to call to make sure I can get you in this video? I'm like, back, what's wrong with you? <laughs> like, what you mean? You ain't got to call nobody. All right, so you can see that whole thing on YouTube. I think it's like 30-something minutes, 39 minutes. How we ain't played a part when he cried? That was... You know, I like the I like when brothers cry. You know what I'm saying? I think we need to do more of that. You can watch the whole interview, but he did break down talking about Mac Miller. Mm-hmm. All right, now let's talk about Diddy. Mm-hmm. He did a recent Essence May issue cover story. You know, Mother's Day is coming up, and now Diddy is both mom and dad to his uh, three of his children. And he had a very raw and unedited conversation with writer Dream Hampton, where he discusses black mothers and how important they are in our lives. If Mother's Day is gonna hurt, we definitely gonna celebrate, you know, all the mothers. We're not we're not gonna get in the way of that. But you know, honestly, anybody that's lost a mother, lost a soulmate, it takes time. It takes time. You know. I don't you know, they say time heals all wounds when it comes to your mother or mothers. I don't think that's the case. You know? <laughs> I mean, I think we have the strongest beings. Like, if it comes to like a category of who's the strongest being on the face of the earth, it would have to be black mothers. I don't think anybody can ever understand how hard it is to be, you know, to be a black mother. Listen, man, tears are how our heart speaks and our lips can't describe how much we've been hurt. And as my therapist says, it's okay to feel. There's no blueprint for pain, no manual book for trauma. You have to allow yourself to feel, and that's the first step to healing. And I do agree with him. They, they say time heals all wounds, but with situations like that, it may hurt less, but I think it will always hurt. And that is, that's perfectly fine. All right, well, I'm Angela Yee, and that is your Rumor Report. All right, thank you, Miss Yee. Revolt, we'll see you guys tomorrow. Everybody else, the People's Choice mixes up next. Don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the God. We are The Breakfast Club. We got a special guest in the building. Yep. Author David Back. Woo! Guys, thank you for having me. Well, he's not just the author. He's one of the most trusted financial experts in the world. Correct. Okay, and a best-selling financial author. And he has a new book called The Latte Factor. 
I don't, I'm just super grateful to have it be on the show, man. Thank you. Well, talk to us about the latte factor. What are the comparisons between finances and lattes? Yeah, well, because here's the deal. The 40, 4 to 10 Americans right now mm-hmm. cannot get their hands on $100 in case of emergency. Mm. Jesus. T- take that four in. 4 out of 10. 4 out of 10. That's better than herpes. Herpes is only 1 in 3. <laughs> take, take, Goodness gracious. <laughs> Jesus. Take that in for a second. Wait. 6 out of 10 Americans can't get their hands on $1,000 in case of emergency purposes. Yeah. So, so 7 out of 10 Americans live in paycheck to paycheck. And what I've been teaching now for almost total 26 years is that we got to break this. Mm-hmm. The way you break it, the way you stop living paycheck to paycheck is you realize that small amounts of money can change your life. So I created this concept called the latte factor, which mm-hmm. is the idea that if instead of wasting five bucks a day on a latte, you took that $5 a day, you put it inside your retirement account, you paid yourself first, you could become a millionaire. How long, How long does take? that take you to be a millionaire? How long does that take? As soon as you said that, I said bullshit. <laughs> so, so here's what you do. So back in the book, we got, this, we got this little story. We got this metaphor in here. We got a chart, right? Mm-hmm. And a little simple chart shows you. Now, by the way, it takes a lifetime here. It takes You start in your 20s, $5 a day. By the time, 40 years later, at 10% interest, it's worth $948,000. Okay. Now, someone in their- 40 years. Yeah, so that's starting in your 20s, right? Mm-hmm. Now, there's mm-hmm. a chart on page 134. Shows somebody saving more than five dollars a day. Okay. Okay. Three hundred bucks a month. Okay. You're twenty-five. You save three hundred bucks a month. By the time you reach retirement, you got one million nine hundred and thirteen thousand dollars. Now here's the problem, guys. Most people do not start saving at twenty-five. No. They start saving they at start 40. they start thinking about it at thirty-five. Right. Do not wait to start saving money. My grandmother helped me buy my first stock at age seven. Wow. But you can only teach what you know. So a lot of these parents, you can't teach finances because they don't know finances themselves. You are absolutely right. And I'm here to say to any parent listening right now, this is my 13th book. This is the easiest book I've ever written. And I'm out here watching the videos of all the amazing, incredible artists who have come through here. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them are wearing six figures in jewelry around their neck. Mm -hmm. When Mm -hmm. you start seeing somebody wearing six figures in jewelry around their neck Mm -hmm. and they don't have a six figure net worth, something's wrong. I agree. The first thing you focus on if you're listening right now and you don't have any savings is focus on getting $1,000 in savings. Take the, take I call it the 100-day challenge. Save $10 a day for 100 days. You're now wealthier than 6 out of 10 people in America. Now, what about for people that would say, you know, that sounds great, but what else can I do that's going to be more aggressive? I got, I got to, I'm going to drop a truth on you right now. Mm-hmm. You want to go and try and get rich overnight? You will stay poor forever. You do not get rich in days. Unless you hit the lotto. You get rich in decades. <laughs> yeah. But see, lottos are really just a tax on, on people that are, like, praying and hoping, right? Like, right. that's Ooh. not a real way to go and get rich. It's a tax on your hope. Yeah. It's a tax, it's a tax on, on your hope. on your optimism. I, I used to say it's a tax on stupid people, but I don't want everybody coming out with a gun <laughs> on me. So, so, so here's the thing. Lot, we, we have people putting more money in the lottery tickets than retirement accounts. Right. So if you've got a job today, here's what I want you to do. You have to pay yourself first. You have to get financially selfish. The formula to financial freedom for life is saving one hour a day of your income. Whether you make minimum wage or you make more, the average American's making about $27 an hour right now. Mm -hmm. One hour a day of your income paid automatically into a retirement account, you can be financially free for life. Can you elaborate on the statement, you're richer than you think? You have to learn to think like an investor. There's two things that make people in America wealthy. Mm -hmm. They are real estate and stocks. If you don't own real estate and you don't own stocks, you don't get into one of these two games or both, you're not on the escalator to building wealth. 
These are the things that make people wealthier. When you own real estate, the tax laws favor the rich. You can buy it. This, this is what people don't realize. Mm-hmm. You can buy a home, live in it for two years, sell it, and if you're single, you can keep a quarter of a million dollars in tax-free gains. Okay, a quarter million dollars tax-free. Right. It's the only game in town where the government doesn't tax you. Now, one mm-hmm. of the reasons is because the government wants you to have home on, wants you to own a home. Right. Now, here's the truth. When you look at why is it that wealth goes from one generation to the next or doesn't, it's real estate. Mm-hmm. So homeowners are 46 times wealthier than renters. So, so some of the smartest investments for people with new money to make are real estate and stock. Yeah, and the simplest thing is to start with your 401k plan. Okay. Or your IRA account. Start saving. And right. just start saving. Start investing. And get yourself, you know, you start with something as simple as an index fund. You got a chapter in your book called Don't Budget, Make It Automatic. Can you expound on that, please? Yeah, so we're all taught to budget. Nobody really does it in the real world. People hate it. So what I teach is this. The way you build wealth for anything, retirement, buying a car, going on a dream vacation, saving money for kids who are going to go to college, is you save automatically. Money's got to get moved automatically from your paycheck, from your income, into these different savings accounts, or you won't do it. If you want to know the true formula to being able to retire in your 50s, it is to save. I can give you the exact number right now. It's 14% of your gross income. Okay. But it's, but, but it's 14% of your gross income. How do I know these numbers? Because Fidelity Investments runs the largest 401k plan, in, I think, in the world. They have 16 million people in the U.S. in their 401k plan. It represents 20,000 companies. They track the amount of people who become millionaires using their 401k plan. And they've saved 14% of their income for 30 years. By the time they reach an average age of 59, they're a 401k millionaire. Wow. So yeah. you, the only way you're going to have money in this country is if you take care of yourself. No one's coming to save us. Now, you addressed one of the largest <laughs> myths about money and the latte factor, and it takes money to make money. Why is that such a misconception? Because if you, first of all, if you believe you've got to have a lot of money to start investing, you'll never start investing. You're defeated already. You're defeated already. It, mm-hmm. it is a poor mental mindset. And so I'll go back to my grandmother. My grandmother was broke at 30 and didn't have a college education, lived in Milwaukee, Wisconsin and had a job in retail at a place called Gimbel's Department Store. She said, I was always getting my financial advice from my friends and they were all poor. She said, don't get your financial advice from poor people. There you go. So she went out and started taking classes at adult schools on investing. She found somebody who was a millionaire, didn't know the person well, but knew the person enough to say, I know you're well off financially and I'm trying to learn how to become wealthier. Would you teach me? She actually asked for a mentor. And she learned over her lifetime what to do. Wow. And, you know, and then pass the lessons on to, to our family. A lot of times what happens once you have money is you don't actually care that if you look rich because you don't care what anybody else thinks. Right. The, the weirdest thing is that when we're not rich, we care what people think. Once we are rich, we don't give a <laughs> You say big hat, no cat? Big, no, no big, big hat, no cattle. Big hat, it's no cattle. Te- it's a Texas phrase. That's right. Get the big hat, but you got no cattle. You say like, no po- uh, big poke, no stroke. So if you got a big <laughs> you can't all right, David, back. Well, no we stroke. appreciate you for joining us. Pick up his book, The Latte Factor Now, and thank you so much, <laughs> yes, man. Yes, sir. You guys, thank, thank you for, you for having me on. You're awesome. I, I appreciate you. I don't know how we got the penises. I'm sorry, bro. <laughs> it's The Breakfast Club. Good morning.